So today we are recording our second episode ever, and I just wanted to quickly say for everybody who has listened to our first episode and has sent us feedback, comments, well wishes, we appreciate you so much, and I really want to sincerely thank you all. I've read every single one, and we had so many kind messages, so many people reaching out who weren't really into public health, and some people who were. We've had people with their MPHs, master's degrees, um, certifications, like all these different organizations who were even involved in public health, other public health podcasts, just wishing us well and giving really great thoughts and critiques. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody, and we hope you continue listening. Hello, and welcome back to Public Health Unprofessionals. We are your hosts, Kaylee and Brandy. And today, we are getting deep and personal with today's episode, which is releasing just two days before Valentine's Day. So whether you'll be spending it with your significant other, all your girlfriends, or treating yourself, thanks for spending some of it with us. Let's dive into it. Today, we're talking about sexual education, which here in the U.S. is really inconsistent. And depending on where you live, it significantly impacts what sort of sexual education you will receive. According to the National Conference of State Legislators, 30 states and the District of Columbia require public schools to teach sex education, 28 of which are mandated to teach both sex education and HIV education. One of the scariest statistics is out of all 50 states, only 22 states require that if it is provided, sex and or HIV education must be medically, factually, or technically accurate. And what a state defines as medically accurate varies depending on different requirements, such as the Department of Health reviewing curriculum for accuracy. And going along with that, 25 states in the District of Columbia require school districts to notify parents that sexual or HIV education will be provided. Five of those states require parental consent before a child can receive instruction, and 36 states and the District of Columbia allow for parents to opt out on behalf of their children. We both grew up in a state on that list that requires things to be medically accurate. We both grew up in Illinois. Yes. And that, among many others, um, is required to be medically accurate through different boards and health departments and all that fun stuff. So what was your experience like with sex ed growing up in your school districts or wherever else you learned it? I'm going to kind of break this up in a few parts. I had sexual education in sixth grade because... They found out through a survey, I don't know if it was at the state level or if it was a local survey, but they found out that there were kids at the age of 12 who were sexually active. So we had sexual education in our health class when we were 11 and 12 years old to kind of help prevent, you know, or at least educate kids before they became sexually active. And that sexual education course was just basically you know, how you get pregnant and what pregnancy is like. It was kind of just like, you know, the different stages of pregnancy, things like that. Um, That's all I really remember. I don't really remember it going over prevention at all or anything like that. It, it very well could have, but this was years ago. And then I also had a health class in high school, which also went more in, into detail about it, but it also brought up things like sexual assault sexual violence, being able to see signs of it, reporting it, Mm -hmm. laws in place to protect you, especially, you know, a lot of kids 
at that age or thinking about college. So knowing like things that can help you while you're in college, all that sorts of stuff. So I think I've been pretty fortunate with my sexual health education in that regard. But even going to college and taking a human sexuality course, there was still so much I didn't know. And it's like I've had one of the best, quote unquote, best sexual health educations, I think, that's available in this country. And I still feel like there's so much I don't know. And that wasn't mentioned or wasn't talked about at all. I had a similar experience growing up with sex ed and health classes and stuff like that. When I got into middle school, each year we took a quarter because we were on the quarter systems then of taking just like a general health class. And you learn about your physical health and your mental health, how to eat healthy and how to watch your diet and take care of your body. And then we also learned about sex ed and anatomy, STDs, pregnancy prevention. And we touched on a lot of different topics there. And then when I got into high school, we had a whole semester of health class. One semester you do your health class, and then the other semester you do swimming because we had a pool. We had to learn all different types of things in this health class. So a lot of a mental and emotional health stuff, a lot of physical health stuff. And then we learned a lot about, you know, sex ed too and teen pregnancy and different forms of contraception, the anatomy of both female and male reproductive systems and all these other important things that I feel like a lot of people miss out on. I asked friends who took these kind of courses in different states. One of my really good friends, she lives in Georgia, and she and I were talking about our different education levels, and it's vastly different. There was still kind of the same major topics were hit. Teen pregnancy, abstinence is the only way to prevent pregnancy or whatever, and how to be healthy, and here's about mental health. She did not learn nearly as much as I did about like contraception and other issues about the body that may get overlooked. But I think another important thing too that we'll probably touch on in future episodes is we also really talk about toxic relationships, abusive relationships, and sexual assault and all that stuff too. And how to look for signs of abusive relationships and how to talk to somebody if you're worried about them being in this kind of relationship. And I think that's super important because as relationships become more and more digital and more and more online, it's going to be easier and easier to be sucked into those kinds of relationships. So learning about that is super important, which I feel we're going to talk in a future episode. You said though too, I thought I had covered all the bases of my sex ed classes. Yeah, I feel like I know enough to survive in the world or whatever. And then I took my human sexuality course with you this last year, or last two years ago, or whenever we took it. And it was very eye-opening. I learned so much more than I ever have while taking any sort of sexuality course. And it was just, it was interesting. It's interesting to see the different education levels you get depending on where you are. And I feel like that's not something we should be proud of here. I feel like we should all try and set for one sort of gold standard because it's just not viable to have everybody out there with different levels of knowledge, depending on where you get your education from. Right. And especially because here in America, it it not only depends on state, it depends on school district. If you mm-hmm. go to a public school, you might have certain standards or regulations, but if you live in a state where your parents can opt you out entirely, that's within their right. Right. But at the same time, you have the other side of that coin that's like, okay, yes, you're the parent and you're choosing to opt them out of this education. But if you're not going to teach them a similar education, then are you doing more harm than good? Because how I right. review, how I personally view sex education is it's not this taboo, weird, gross thing. It's, you know, it's going to happen. We also went through D.A.R.E., in elementary school, which for those unaware of D.A.R.E., 
It's this program that was created to help prevent children from partaking in drugs, drinking, smoking, which are all great things, but it turned out to be very ineffective. The whole idea of D.A.R.E. was to teach kids how bad drugs are and to not do drugs. There was a literal song where the lyrics were, D, I won't do drugs, was like the first line of the song. (laughs) Yes. And if you know anything about teens, even if it's just from stereotypical movies, you know at some point they're going to drink, they're going to do something, whether it's smoke weed or whatever, smoke a cigarette whatever but it's it's part of youth where you experiment with things and we're adults we know that's going to happen and it's the same sort of attitude with sex you know it's going to happen at some point for most people some choose not to not every teenager drinks not every teenager smokes i certainly didn't but there's a good chance that you will so instead of saying oh well, my kid's not going to drink or, oh, my kid's not going to have sex. Like, I don't need to tell them about it. Just don't do it. And they're not going to do it. Be more realistic. In public health, it's called harm reduction. So basically, it's Mm -hmm. teaching kids, okay, if you're going to do this, at least do it safely. It's a very, very common practice. We see it in sexual education, drug prevention, even things like HIV. There are needle exchange programs where we just exchange needles for clean ones so people don't spread things like HIV around. If they are injecting drugs, it's one of those things that some people are going to be like, well, that's, well, why don't you just say no? Or why don't you just do this? But in reality, you have to be realistic and it's, it's better to equip people with the knowledge so they can make decisions for themselves versus not giving them that information at all. So when they, when they need it, they don't have it and they don't know what to do. When you equip people with the right knowledge, they might know how to approach situations differently. So that's how we see teen pregnancy rates go down. We see STD rates go down when we teach people, okay, this is how you use a condom. Okay, this is how you use birth control. This is how you use a dental dam. Like this is how you use all these things. So people know when they are in a situation, what to do properly versus putting themselves or others in harm's way. Right, exactly. And going off of that too, I think a really important point to make is that kids are going to learn one way or another, they're going to learn from the online because the internet is ever growing. Yeah. Social media. They're going to learn for their friends. They're going to overhear in school. They're going to get curious. Like kids are going to learn. That's just something that's inevitable. Would you rather them learn through knowledgeable environment or would you just have them learn through something online that may not be factual, that may not be beneficial to them? It's something to think about when you're wanting to opt your kid out of that type of stuff because I feel like you're for depriving them of really important information because even while it's taboo, your reproductive health and your reproductive system is very, very important and very vital to your overall health, to your overall state of being. If something's wrong there, you can lead to lifelong problems, even down in the future. If you're trying to have kids, if you're trying to start a family, it's important to know how to take care of yourself and how to prevent any issues that can arise. And it's important to know it young and understand it instead of learn it way too late or later in the future. That's a really great point to make because we are in this age where things are more accessible online, right? And there's a bunch of different things, polarizing ends of everything. Obviously, religion plays a big role in a lot of things in people's lives, but reproductive health extends more than preventing pregnancy. We're talking about HIV. Mm -hmm. We're talking about STDs, some of these which cause cancer, by the way. So we have things like that. 
play a big role into other aspects of our lives, like you mentioned. Depriving an individual of that puts a lot of people at risk. Because if you don't, if you just teach somebody to mm-hmm. not have sex, okay, then what do you tell them once they are in that spot where they are married or they are in a stable part of their lives where they want to? Or do they feel ashamed? Informing people on what's out there and informing people medically accurate sexual education will help break down a lot of the stigma and awkwardness around it. Because if we talked about sexual education and the different infections and things that you can get the same way we treat pink eye or the flu. Nobody's scared to say, oh yeah, I'm going to go talk to my doctor about my flu shot today versus, oh yeah, I'm going to go get you know my STD checkup today, you know? I don't know about you, but there is something that I learned um, in our human sexuality course that a couple of years ago that I really wish I would have learned in my high school classes. When we were in that course, we had an option to go to a women's reproductive health panel. Well, it was part of the law school and the public health school. They came together and they decided that they're going to have a panel about reproductive health and reproductive rights. And if you go, you can ask questions of much individuals, kind of get their take on different pressing issues. And it was really, really eye-opening to see. And while I was there, I learned Plan B, the emergency contraceptive pill, is not as effective to people over 155 pounds. That was absolutely shocking to me. And I actually did some research on this through, this comes from Planned Parenthood of Michigan. If you have a BMI over 30, it makes the pill practically ineffective. So you taught like, oh yeah, there's emergency contraceptive if something happens, if your condom breaks, if something falls through, you can take the plan B or whatever. That's not the case with people over 155 pounds. And knowing that like the average size for a female American woman is like a size 12, that affects a huge part of our population. And when I first learned that, I was absolutely shocked. And there's another pill that lets you have a BMI of 30 and under that you can take and to be effective. But again, if you have a BMI over 35, it's not as useful to you. And if you want to prevent unprevented pregnancies or unexpected pregnancies, you need to start giving people this information. Absolutely. And I think that's another big issue with sexual education because there's just so many moving parts right and there are so many aspects of sexuality and just sexual health in general especially as we move forward as a society and we are accepting of people of different backgrounds different sexualities different preferences there's so many topics to cover at the same time it's hard to say okay how do we implement this at the appropriate age level but also in being more inclusive. And I think that's the biggest component for me is that it's just not inclusive and it's just not accessible to everyone. I was shocked to learn that less than half of states require sexual education to be medically accurate. Like to me, that's just a no-brainer, especially because it has such a big role in on your health and not just your own health, but the health of your partners. And going off of that, I think another really good thing that I learned in that class, which is really kind of shocking, but also unsurprising, is when we learned about the research that has taken place, the sexual health research, it really only focused on one demographic, and that was straight white people. All that research was only based around that kind of situation. And that kind of leaves out the LGBTQ plus community, that leaves out people of color, that leaves out huge, huge groups that make up probably more than half of this country at that point. 
you're only focusing on such a little area instead of the whole big picture, which I think is also misleading because you're going to be feeding people information that's based off of bodies and people that they don't identify with. Exactly. This isn't one of those topics that should be advocated for more in the public health realm. Comprehensive sex education, it covers more bases, you know, and if you want to be abstinent, that is 100% your decision. And if that is the method for you, that is great. If using contraceptives is the method for you, that is also great. It's not black and white, one's right, one's wrong. Comprehensive sexual education has just been proven to be more effective. From the Journal of Adolescent Health, they stated from a 2008 survey that comprehensive sex education had half the risk of teen pregnancy compared to those who reported absence-only education and 40% of the risk compared to those who reported no sexual education. There is a positive impact and the data is there. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not getting the attention it, it needs. If you're trying to prevent teen pregnancy or unwanted pregnancies at, at any age, the basic block of it is knowing how to protect yourself and your partners. I think the one thing that I really want to take away from this week, because I think we're getting kind of towards the end of what we want to talk about for this episode, is knowledge truly is power. Knowing about your body, knowing about your reproductive system, knowing about your reproductive health, knowing your options, knowing how to prevent STDs, pregnancies, knowing how to get out of sticky situations, like knowing this stuff is so, so vital. And all the data, all the research shows that, you know, it's like, if you are equipped with the tools and the knowledge and the power, you are going to be okay. You're going to be fine. You're going to be so much more well off as compared to somebody who doesn't know that. It's important to continue being educated on topics that we may not be educated on. So if you feel as if you didn't get that good comprehensive sex education classes throughout high school and into college, if you feel as if your classes were missing something, I encourage you to reach out, do some research, find some academic articles. I know they're heavy and I know they're beefy to read through, but the information that you need is out there. There's different resources out there, podcasts, books, things that make things easier. And I highly recommend you go out there because this is such an important part of your health that definitely gets downplayed because it's considered taboo in many parts of our country. There's also great articles from different organizations like Planned Parenthood. I know they even partner with different teen magazines such as Teen Vogue that have gynecologists and different medical professionals speak on different issues there. Like you mentioned, it is a very important topic and it is very empowering to know your body, feel confident in it, feel confident in yourself, knowing yourself inside and out because at the end of the day, it is you. It is your health. At the bottom line, you look out for you. I think that about covers everything we want to talk about for this episode. If you enjoyed listening to us this week, give us a five star. Rate us if you can. I don't know what podcasting places do that. I know the Apple Podcasts, which we are still trying to slowly but surely figure out, um, lets you rate us. So give us a rate. Give us a five star. Yeah, you can also subscribe on Spotify. Spotify now allows you to subscribe to your favorite podcasts. You can always subscribe to us on Spotify and you will get notified of weekly uploads. I know on Anchor too, you can leave us little voice memos. If you have any questions, concerns, let us know. So we will see you next week. For more frequent updates from us, be sure to follow us on Twitter at podcastphu and on Instagram at publichealthunprofessionals. 
we upload new episodes every Friday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all major platforms you listen to your favorite podcasts. Be sure to come back for next week's episode. See you there.